Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Explode a View. I'm Craig Makowitz. At the moment of this recording is July 2020, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, and many of us have recently had the routine experiences in our lives turned on their heads. For example, grocery shopping now requires lines, masks, directional aisles, and sanitized carts. Many of us are working from home for the first time ever, forcing adaptation to a whole new work experience. All this to say, experiences are ever-changing and fill all aspects of our lives. This is why understanding the foundation of good experience design can help us build better journeys for our customers, from online shopping to retail to government and education. So today on Explode View, Sheng Hong Li will be talking to us about experience design. Li's background in industrial design has taken him from IDEO to MIT. He has juried for some prestigious design awards like IDSA IDEA, as well as exhibited at the Cooper Hewitt New York, Venice Design Week, and Dubai Design Week. All is to say, he is a wealth of knowledge. Lee will be teaching us about the importance of the five E's of experience design and the key foundations of a well-designed experience. My hope is that we can apply these learnings to every experience you are asked to improve or create. Let's jump in. Sheng Hung Lee, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. Now, you and I met in Boston at the IDSA event that you actually helped run back in February 2020, right before the lockdown. And it was exciting to see the IDSA community come together. So thank you for putting that on. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, times fly. I'm very, I'm very happy like to see the designers uh, all the way from different locations and we all like gathered together in Boston. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially for me. My wife and I just moved to Boston at the time. So it was nice to see such a uh, vibrant community. So we're here to talk about experience design. So I'm curious, do you remember the first really good customer experience that you had that stood out to you? Like, wow, that was really good experience and well-designed. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think for me, the, the experience I still remember and still impressed is like when I went to Tokyo and then one of the cool bookstore called Sutaya Bookstore, actually like Sutaya Electric. So it's a, it's a lifestyle store. They sell books, they sell also the devices and everything lifestyle related items to the cons- consumers. And then I think one of the experiences I had is like when I, when I tell the, the staff like, hey, hey, I want to look at these books. Can you bring, bring it to me? And then he came to me and then he, he brought two books. One is like totally new one. Like it's like sealed, like with a plastic bag crystal clear and another one is like it's already open so for me at the moment i i kind of very surprised the reason because like i got a book the reason because i i saw like he bring two books one is totally new one one is the one i could browse through i could see inside so you could see like this is very tiny very detailed like uh behavior totally changed my 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 experience at the bookstore you could feel like they already already think about your next step right if you like the book, it will bring both books to the front desk and tell them, hey, I want to get this one, the one with plastic bag, the totally new one, sealed. And if you don't like the book, you also bring two books to the, two books to the front desk, but you will say, oh, this is fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. So you can see like they already think about you ahead. And this is such a tiny detail, really amazed me. I'm super impressed. I, super, I feel like I feel great. And for sure, I definitely buy I bought the one with, uh, without like open it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I feel like having that well thought out experience is almost unexpected in the retail environment. So it's nice to have those little moments where you feel like every step in the process is considered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can you give us a little background on your past? So you are an industrial designer, but you also studied electrical engineering. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so basically like when I was in college, I did a dual degree like major. So one is industrial design. Another one is uh, electrical engineering in Taiwan. And then for me, the, the reason why I want to do that is like, because I feel like when we design product, I remember, I still remember it's a, it's a mouse design class. And we're, our assignment is like, we need to design a mouse. And then I realized, no, no, it's like, if I were only a designer, I could only design the shape, the form. But if I could design from inside out, I could totally change the form and shape. So I could design from outside in and also from inside out. So that's why I decided to do a dual degree. And after that, I took, it took me for a while, like seven years training. It's pretty solid, pretty like practical, intense, also painful. Yeah. yeah. And after, <laughs> after that, like seven years, I need to uh, take a military uh, like service as a civil responsibility as citizens of Taiwanese. And then after that, I joined Continuum in Shanghai location for a year as a design consultant. And then after a year, I joined IDEO Asia. So I support the project from Shanghai, Tokyo, and Singapore, and also other locations across the globe for like four, almost like 4.5 years. So it's like wow. my, yeah, my, my main expertise and my main training is actually from design consultancy. Yeah. And now, now I kind of feel like after like five, around five or six years, uh, industrial experiences, I feel like it's time for me to recharge. So that's why I want to back to campus to study. Now I was, now I'm in like MIT, uh, program to study like design and management. Wow. That's quite the whirlwind tour there of experience. <laughs> that's amazing. So you've had a lot of design experience. I'm curious, how did you get into design initially? Hmm. That's a good question. Like, to be honest, when I, when I was child, like I didn't know like what's major like industrial design or like uh, product design. So for me, the first priority is like, I always, I always want to study architecture. I thought architecture is design and somehow because my grade is not that, that high to be like architecture student. So I joined the industrial design as a, as my major. And then I realized, oh, wow. I could design like the scale from small product to a big one, like a space or even like urban planning. So there is a flexibility in industrial design. At the same time, I, I think I have like a 15 years training in drawing, like watercolor, oil painting. So kind of like somehow yeah. kind of towards me to that design direction. So I have some like foundation in like drawing and sketching. So it really helped me to uh, have a better way or accessible way to do the communication with the, with other people, with the teams or clients. Gotcha. So did you know design was even an option? It sounds like architecture was the initial route you took into design. How did you learn about industrial design and that it was even an option for you? Yeah, I, I just, so for me, at least for now, I, I really feel like, uh, at the very beginning, I, I view design as the tools, right? Oh, design as a tool. So I need to learn a lot of like hardcore skill, drawing, cutting, prototyping, or even like how do I refine the, the product? And then somehow as the time passed and as also my personal growth, I feel design is definitely a tool, but at the same time, design become, design become like my, my lifestyle or like attitude. Mm -hmm. So I really live in the, in the world of design. So like for me, design, not just limited only to the product or tangible stuff. I also writing things about design, about my observation, my inspiration in life, 
I'd also do some like quick, small, like uh, experimental project, like side project every year. And also like, I, I kind of like very active in design community, like IDSA, SDN or like uh, WDO. So I feel like I, I really live in, in the world of design. So kind of I breathe and I kind of, uh, everything I experiences is also through the lens of design. So that's why I feel like, oh, design for me is, is so close. You know, it's like right. there's no, I'm, I'm not doing this like forcefully. It's naturally become part of my, my DNA, my yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, especially when you can do what you love for a living. So I want to jump into experience design and dig into the topic and uncover some tips and tricks you have in creating a really great experience. It's interesting that there are so many experiences out there and we don't necessarily realize how much better they could be. And we can make them thoughtful, like the experience you have with the bookstore. So let's start with a rough overview of what you would consider experience design. Yeah, I think yeah, this is a good, it's a, it's a great question. Also, it's a tough one because for me, like you cannot really design people's experiences, to be honest. Like, for example, I design table, right? But I can't design experience like when people around the table. It's more like we kind of predict or like we expect people could have bad experiences. So for me, experience design is really think about uh, less about the object or like tangible stuff. It's more think about the condition. So think about what are the right conditions for people to allow people to have that kind of experiences. For example, the the bookstore is a is a is a great example because think about like okay, not big. I don't think it's like the staff have that kind of like uh, intuition to do that. Bring two books to me. I think it's more like a company culture, like Sutaya Bookstore. They have like well-established company culture. For them, they're, when we talk about, oh, I'm going to design the lifestyle for people. For them, the, they're not just design; they really plan for lifestyle for people. For, what I mean by that is like they gather all the people's data, like membership program, kind of help them to build a bigger platform. So because of that, internally the organization already have that kind of culture to understand people. And then somehow their their staff training or their like uh, SOP already put that in mind. Like it become like part of their like critical part of the of the culture. So I feel like for me, like experience design is really not just design a product or tangible object. It's design the right condition to let people to experiences to interpret their their experiences. Yeah, I love that way of looking at it. It's coming at it from a different angle. Understanding the right culture is critical to have a good experience. Mm-hmm. You could work hard to create that great experience, but if you if it's not executed properly, then it's not going to live on and continue. Yeah. I'm curious, what was the first project you worked on really dove into experience design? Yeah, uh, I think the if in the in a company in idea or like in continuum, a lot of the project they view as an experience design project. And then in terms of my, my personal side project, I would say my first experience project is really redesigned Shanghai library innovation space. It's a year long project. And then the, the project brief is pretty broad. It's like, how might we redesign the Shanghai library innovation, like customer or user experiences? So, so that, can, that project is really kind of transforming. What I mean by that is like, when I designed the innovation space, people always think about the space, which means like the, the space with furniture or like different zones. But when I designed that project, I also consider like, a, what's the new role in, for the librarian, right? It's not just a librarian like 
kind of help people to find the book they want or the, mo- the most funny things like when I interviewed them, the librarian, they, they told me like, you know, what's the most frequent question they're, they're be- being asked is, excuse me, where's the restroom? <laughs> where's the restroom, you know? If you heard this yeah. like 20 times per day, and then, you know, like most library in Shanghai library, they're like very high education background. So they have like very like super professional expertise on certain areas of research. So if you're being asked that question for 20 times per day, you definitely lost your motivation. So how can I design like right condition, like I say, like experiences for them to, to allow, allow them to contribute their real expertise. So definitely establish new roles. Like they have like enabler, like uh, envisioner or like people who really help like others to, to guide them through the thing they want. And also not just the people also think about what are the tools, like maybe like uh, um, online tools or offline tools to really help them as, as a prompt to help people to like understand, okay, how can they really leverage the resource in library? And that's part of the experiences. So covering the, not just space and furniture is the basic one because you have to make sure we, we meet the like fundamental function. Like right? people can sit, people have space to read, and there's enough like light, and there's a like make sure their air like uh, uh, air circulation is okay. So these are the fundamental, and then the detail of experiences or like create a condition for experiences like right staff, people with right motivation, and also like with the right tools. So these are, I think this is the first, for me, it's really the, the project transforming from, transform myself from as a traditional product designer to experience designer. So I designed the, not just the product, the furniture, also designed the experiences around the furniture. Yeah, I love that delineation between fundamental function and the actual experience, because I think there's a big difference. So I really like that. It's helpful. Yeah, another, sorry, I just want to build one part. It's like, uh, I, we also designed the curriculum for the space. What I mean by that, like innovation space, they every weekend they invite expert to give a speech or share. And then, for example, they have 3D printer, they have full 3D printer, which can print food. Wow, that's cool. And then they realize every yeah, every time the curriculum they design is only like an entry level. So imagine if I were if I were like a, a librarian or library like enthusiastic, I really love to go to library. I really want to use the space. I keep register class. And I realized the class already main, always like maintain the same level, like entry level. How can I extend or how can I like really, there's no motivation for me to, to come back, you know, there's, how can you draw me, come back to the library with the same kind of curriculum, right. same content. So when you think about, okay, how can we tailor made the, the content, at least some courses for people who are really passionate on certain areas, they want to learn something. So the library, the innovation space has to grow with the people, with the readers. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that plays into what we will talk about in a bit, which is, you know, which is those steps in experience design and really thinking through the full cycle. So I'm excited to chat about that. I'm curious if someone is starting the process of designing an experience, let's say uh, they're redesigning experience at a retail environment or a school or a government building, what would be the first step in that process? Yeah, I think, I think no matter like for me, like no matter it's like a product design project or like experience design project, for me, like people matters. People is the most important like element or it's the, the, the key in this project because most of the thing we definitely design for people. I mean, at least in my case, in my previous experiences. And I feel like how do you understand people is really through like research, 
research could be stands for like could be means like uh, interview, like intercept chat, or like maybe like inspiration, or like really live like shadowing live and work with people you're going to study. So research is the I think for me it's the 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 first step to understand okay is it to kind of validate and understand like is it the right question to solve is it the、mm-hmm. right question to ask before really dive into the design phase so actually design is really really ladder of the process because you have to clarify are we asking the right question like for example the library project like I keep mentioning is like. When we solve this, we 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 haven't figured out. Okay, so what's the value proposition for Shanghai Library? So for them, they thought, oh, it's a maker space. People are going to like make stuff, and then they're going to come here. But in reality, the problem is that they close the library every day, like four o'clock. Wow. <laughs> how how come how come people come to have a coffee and then work together? There's no like this like totally conflict, right? right? You may you have that offering, but It didn't match people's needs. So I thought it would be good to jump into the five E's. I've actually personally used the five E's of experiences on when I worked on a pop-up shop in Soho, New York, and I found it incredibly helpful. So I think it'd be good to go through each of those steps. So I'll read the first.、Uh, I'll read the five steps, which are entice, enter, engage, exit, and extend. So let's go through them in order. So can you talk about the first E, which is entice? Yeah, I think like for me, Five E is a is a great tools. Like I can really think the the problems, the challenges holistically. So basically, I could map out this to like to kind of as a as a very basic fundamental structure for me to capture each touch point, and then like a cycle. So from the very beginning to the end. So that's why the first one and we call I I we call it entice. It's like for example, if I use the Bicycle purchase experiences. I could explain in this way: It's like, oh, if you go to buy the bicycle, how, what kind of bicycle store could kind of attract you to come? Right? Is it because they have like great store design, or because they have the promotion on the website, or you know this from the friends? So, what triggers you to to get into the get into started in this journey? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the second one is enter. Yeah, so so enter is like that's the second part of the touch point. So once you get attracted, oh, I want to go to this like bike store, and then think about when you enter the store or when you like see something you want to buy, what's the first entry moment looks like and feels like, and why why because that's really matter because that is more like your first impression, right? You enter that store, you 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 have that bike. What's your feelings? So it's like the the moment you have touch with the、uh, the object or like touch with the experiences. You enter that journey. What's the first kind of experience you have? It feels. Gotcha. So entice is getting you to the store in a way.、Uh, it's the stuff that happens outside the store, like the social media and the signage. And then enter is when you first enter the bike store.、Uh, that first moment that grabs you and draws yes, you in. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So we have entice, enter, and then the next one is engage. Yeah, so for me, engage is like start to think about. Okay, you enter the store, you love the store, you saw your bike. Engage for me is like you start to like okay, really have some like interaction with the object or like with the thing you want to buy. For example, in this case, it's bicycle, right? You start to riding on the bike. So how does that feel for you? Is it like is it easy to ride? Is it the right height? Is like the color match your like your your style. So everything like you have some conversation interaction with the object. In this case, it's bicycle. 
that kind of like you, you start to think about how how does that experience feels and why you you love it or why you don't love it. Yeah, that reminds me of the story about the bookstore where they brought you both the unwrapped and wrapped book. And that experience was really thought through. They were engaging with you in that moment and it was a nice touch point. They knew what the next step in the cycle might be. Yes, exactly. So engage is more like a, uh, in this journey, there's a one like maybe like key key things, right? In the in the bike experiences, like bike is the key object. So at the moment when you have engaged with the bike, that's the engaged period, engaged moment. So now you are engaged with the bike. Uh, the next step is exit. Yeah. So for exit, it's like is the fourth uh, touch point. Is you enter the store, you 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 look at the the bike you want to buy, and then you ride on it. You experience the overall riding experiences, and then you, you need to park. Right? Exit means like you cannot detach from the object, detach from the bicycle. So. How do you lock your bike? How do you make sure your bike is safe? You know, how do you like make sure like just put it there, nobody will steal it. So that's for me like very in short, like briefly the defined exit moment. And then would you also say that exit includes checkout and how you feel when you leave the store? Yes, exactly. So it's like you you the opposite of enter, right? So you, you enter the store, that's the first impression. And when you leave the store, What's the exit experiences? Does that leave any contact with you or like, did you feel good and anything, for example, like when I leave the store, I feel much better. So somehow there is a comparison between exit and enter. It's like a contra, it's like a different, the opposite direction. Yeah. And then I think the last one is really interesting because it's the one that really completes the cycle and it's the bookend for the first one, which is entice. So that last one is extend. Yeah, exactly. So, Try, I mean, try, most people think about this five step is think about like as a linear, right? And then for me, like think about this as a circle, as a cycle. So the, the connection between exit and uh, entice is actually extend. So what I mean by extend is like, okay, you could simply interpret as a, what's next, right? How do we keep people engaged? What's the follow-up steps? So for me, it's like, if in this case, use the bicycle as example, like how do you maintain your bike always in a good condition. So that kind of like draw, draws the people or like customer or users back to the entice mode because you need to maintain, because you need to make sure it's okay. You kind of back to the back, uh, bike store to kind of maintain or repair your bike. So that kind of is interesting tension between exit and entice because we have to extend moment that kind of make the circle complete. Somehow when we design this, we need to think about the whole ecosystem, the whole system. Yeah. Yeah, so Extend is really attempting to entice you back into the store, which is where the cycle begins again. And hopefully you had a good experience where you were entering, engaging, and exiting. Uh, and that's also playing into that Extend because you have a good memory of the experience, just like you mentioned with the bookstore as well. And to your point, you may have to maintain or fix your bike, and that keeps the experience top of mind because you had a really good experience and it completes the story and brings you back to entice and entering. Yeah. Exactly. It makes a lot of sense. And I think it's really helpful. It's a really helpful tool as we create and design new experience. Really think through each of those steps and make sure we are achieving the right goals that each one lays out. So something that's interesting that you've done, um, you've done work with MIT and it's focused on visitors to MIT. Can you talk a bit about that and how you applied the five E's to that project? Yeah. So 
like last year is my first project at school and it's like initially i just course assignment and then turns out like a real project so so basically the idea is like how can i redesign the mit campus tour experiences so when we did when i did that project i think about okay i use 5e to kind of map out the whole user journey but that has to be in a length like different like persona for example definitely different needs from uh, prospective students versus existing students, like undergrad, graduate student, or even PhD student, and also different from like uh, faculty, right? The admission offices, like professors or like uh, the staff who work for MIT, and also different from like investor. So think about like these different persona have different needs or as a visitors, the, the reason why they visit MIT is they really got to like want to have some very good, good photos, sightseeing and just enjoy the, the campus atmosphere versus as a prospective students, they want to really get into the content, like what's the lab looks like and who's going to like, how can I, what's, what's the curriculum? So it's very different. And I use the 5E to really like map out each different persona's needs it's super helpful. Like also in terms of the whole journey, like when we, when I have interview with uh, one of the director of MIT admission offices, she mentioned to me like the campus tour experiences actually already started even though before we enter the, the campus. What does she mean by that? It's like you kind of, okay, you kind of, okay, you flew or like you uh, drive to the Cambridge. The already started experiences because like how, you, how do you find a parking lot, right? And how do you, how do you enter the campus? That that all uh, that also counts. Yeah, it could count as an entice moment or extend moment because that will influence the rest of the experience on campus. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting in making sure that plays a role in how far ahead in the process you should be considering when designing experience. You should take a step back and ask yourself if there is a step before the one you're considering and see if that has an impact on your overall experience. Yeah, and then I just want to build on one point, like. Uh, most of the time when people think about like a campus tour, they always think in the lens of visitors. So, oh, I'm visitors. I want to visit campus. But actually, the why school doing this? Because they want to hire the best students. Actually, the campus tour is targeted to uh, prospective students. They want to make sure they know campus, they know the school better because that's their first impression to school, right? They, they're going to choose which school they're going to, en- to attend. So, that's super critical moment for them because we need to create or curate the best experiences. But most of people think, oh, we design for visitors. At the same time, like when we design the experiences, also think inside out. What I mean by that is that I think about who's going to give a tour, right? Like, how do we train the campus tour guide? So most of the campus tour guides actually from undergrad students because they, they know campus better than other people because they experience it, live in the campus. So these are like, like we think about the, the different like 5E, we, we need to think about different like people's lens, like personas in terms of persona or in terms of like a different like target users. Yeah. I love what you're saying about designing out the archetypes too, because you need to understand the people that are playing a role in that experience as well as the visitors and those who are employed by MIT in that case. Yeah, exactly. You also have a couple more areas of focus you suggest when designing out your 5Es. So people is one to consider while developing the archetypes. You also have a couple more too. Um, service is another one you consider. Can you talk a bit about that too? Yeah. So yeah, 
we just mentioned about people like prospective students and like uh, uh, faculty or like uh, from MIT side or even like a visitors, right? Those people side. For the server side, it's like, it's, I think this is service and culture is kind of interconnected because somehow you, you have to offer like great service. You need to have cultivated great culture. So now existing uh, MIT campus tour training, tour guide training program is really focused on individual. So yeah, they definitely could deliver the best service out of themselves, like because they, everyone has their own like personal story at MIT and they could tell their unique personal story. But somehow like uh, the culture is important because you, how, because you still feel lonely, you know, like, like you're not independent, yeah, okay. I just told, told my story to the visitor or to the people who visit the campus. But if you have the culture to support them, right? Okay. What kind of like, how can we learn from each other? Because as a, as a campus tour guide, I still want to learn. I still want to know more about MIT. Also learn from other people's story to kind of enrich the, the way I explain or tell the story to others. So I feel like culture and store and services is kind of interconnected. The better culture you have, the better service you could offer it. It makes a lot of sense. So we talked about people and building the archetypes. And I appreciate what you're talking about, which is connecting the services and the people. And the last one we talked a little bit about earlier, which is space and understanding that space and environment are important. Can you talk about that as well? Yeah. So, so when, I mean, in the context of this, like uh, campus tour project, it's like, we also think about, uh, this is not, we, we, yeah, definitely we think about a lot of ideas during the ideation phase. But at the same time, realistically, you also think about some limitation of the environment, right? Like, okay, some are like a, a prestigious buildings or some like very like fancy new buildings. So they have their own limitation in terms of like, how can we uh, maximize the, the tour experiences? So we need to keep that in mind. And for me here, like I only mentioned space, it's actually not just space. Also think about the environment, right? The, the devices we had and like, because the, this all ties to the costs and like the labor. So everything is like some real life limitation we need to take into consideration when we design the campus tour. So you're saying within the five E's, the areas of focus should be uh, people, service, culture, space, and environment. And I think each one of those is uh, important. They're all important to consider while you're going through the experience design process. So thank you for defining yeah. those. I'm curious. So once you work on creating a good experience, how do you go about testing out and mocking up some of the theories that you've developed? Yeah, I think what everything we share is like most of them from like research from the like interview or like campus tour guide to understand what they're feeling and their expression and thoughts about the existing system. I think in terms of mock-up, this is a super important step because it's not just for validation. Also think about what are the thing, we, what are the part we could improve, right? So basically in this campus tour project, we, I, we work closely with the MIT admission office people and also work closely with the MIT campus tour guide and then bring some ideas and like facilitate a few like very small, like uh, quick co-working workshop to test ideas. So basically I share with them some sacrificial ideas, like ideas like super quick, like it's not like refine, refine, but I want to know why they like it or why they don't like it. And that really helped me to build, refine the, the, some of the concept and theories. So as you're developing out 
this experience and you've tested out these theories, what are the steps to implementing that into the space and specifically with the people who have to live with these experiences every day? What are some of the recommendations you have for implementing these ideas into the real world? Yeah, I think back to the, the like the very beginning, I, I still feel like people matters. And then I feel very touched. Like one of the director of MIT admission office, she told me like she feel respect. I'm more like a consultancy role. But at the same time, I, I try to empower them because they are the expert doing this. I, for me, I'm just trying to leverage the power of design to really help them. So they have the knowledge, they have expertise, and then how, I need to think about how can how can I celebrate the design and then serve as a tools as a magic wand to let them apply all this and make the changes. So I feel like it took a lot of time and effort for communication with them. So instead of just telling them what to do, I kind of like let's sit down together, let's do decision together. So kind of empower them to do things together. It's not just I I did it for them; it's they did it with me together. So kind of the shift the shift the ownership of the project. Like in the past, I guess most designers were like, "Oh, I need to I I need to own this part." Yeah, for sure. But in this complicated project, especially like big project like ties a lot of stakeholders, we need to think about the ownership and how do we like distribute the ownership and make people feel like they are the part of the project and that they want to move forward because they feel that that's their responsibility and they could make a change. Yeah, it's a really good strategy to move forward because you aren't the only one designing that experience. And when you're asking other people for their help and assistance, it's important to consider them. So I love your point about bring other people in, allow them to take some ownership in the process because they're going to be the ones that are living in with it at the end of the day. And making yeah. sure that they're a part of that design uh, is really important. I, I view myself not just designer, also as an enabler. So I kind of like enable them to kind of empower them to have that trigger to, oh, I really want to make this progress. I really feel we could make a great impact out of this design, out of this proposal. So they, I kind of really enable them. So I feel, I feel myself as a, as a bridge to connect the design and their, their own like uh, expertise. Yeah, it's a great perspective too when kicking off the project to think about your role as an enabler. You're there to help execute the process that helps or keeps people engaged in each step. It's a great takeaway. Yeah. I'm curious where you see the future of experience design. So after doing a number of experience design projects, I'm sure you're evolving, growing your process. And I'm curious, um, you know, where you see the future of experience design and where is it heading? Yeah. I, I think now, nowadays consumer have become very sophisticated. So for me, experience design is like, really focus on some something that people take for granted something you feel oh i could i can expect that's the way to do it somehow that's the opportunity that's that's what we need to change like people take for granted like oh bookstore is just bookstore but never think about you could curate experiences like bookstores sell something items related to the knowledge right so back to the bookstore examples like i think most of the bookstore nowadays did the same things like they they celebrate lifestyle so when they when they put the book together they, when they put the book like for example like oh i'm going to sell this camera book about photography and then at the same time they would put a camera or like any devices around so you could feel like okay i'm not just going to buy the book i also need to buy the device the, the camera so I could learn better. So somehow like, yeah, this like people take for granted, like, okay, bookstore is selling book. No, it's like they're kind of merging. So the line, be, the line is blurring actually. So 
online, offline, digital, physical, or like the experiences all like mixed together. So I will, I will say like in the future, we, we need to challenge ourselves. Like things that we take for granted is the thing where there's a huge potential opportunity for ch- to change and to create. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I've personally learned a lot about experience design chatting with you today. So I really appreciate you going through that process and your project with MIT you know, and teaching us the ins and outs of the five E's. Hopefully we can apply some of these learnings to our own projects. So thank you for doing that. It's uh, really clear and concise the way you've laid it out. So is there anything you'd like to plug or anything you're working on now? No, I think, I think for me, designers like always need to challenge ourselves. And then we, we, especially for me, like I, I was trained as a product or industrial designer. And then I feel like now through time, through like my, my experiences, no matter work or learning experiences, I feel like, the the design need to make impact we need to like think about like higher levels so from product to experiences to even service now i feel like culture need to change right so i feel like like uh, karen rache talk about culture shaper so i feel like okay i'm i'm in the progress from like industrial designer to like culture shaper i do hope like people could think about to kind of view themselves as not just creating stuff, also creating meaningful stuff that help people and make impact. It has a great aspirational goal. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing your time today. It's just been incredibly helpful and I've learned a lot. So thank you, Shang Hun Lee. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a great talk. I, I lo- enjoy talking with you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, hopefully we will meet up when the pandemic starts to clear up. Yes, yes. Hey guys, I hope you all enjoyed the chat with Zheng Hung Lee today. Don't forget to subscribe. See you again on the next episode of Exploded View.